Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by two of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voison and Linda Venny. Each of them paralegals for over 20 years and both dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, ANALA Advanced Certified Paralegal. I call myself the Paralegal Mentor and to publish a weekly e-zine titled Paralegal Strategies. I'm the co-author of The Professional Paralegal, A Guide to Finding a Job and Career Success. You'll find more information at paralegalmentor.com. Uh, Vicki, I'm always so glad we're co-hosting this show together because you always provide a wealth of resources, and I always look forward to your free weekly newsletter. So to any of our listeners who are not currently subscribing, uh, go to theparalegalmentor.com and subscribe to Vicki's newsletter. You'll really enjoy it. Um, as I indicated, or Vicki may have, or perhaps no one, I'm Lynn Deveni, a North Carolina board-certified paralegal, and I want to give a big shout-out to my employer right now, Elliot Pishko Morgan in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, because we are slammed with work. I provide uh, support in the areas of immigration, employment law, workers' compensation, and civil rights, and they were very, very nice to let me leave today and come and record this episode because I could kind of tell they really wanted me to stay. Um, I also blog for the paralegal profession at Practical Paralegalism. As many of you know, I am currently focused on budget career style for the recessionista or recession mister. I'm not sure if we got a name for that. And right now I am wearing an outfit that cost a total of $16, including the shoes. So come see me at practicalparalegalism.com. We'd like to take this time to thank our sponsor, NALA, a professional association for paralegals that provides continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. And that's N-A-L-A dot org. And again, another great resource. And I love receiving their publications and um, information via email. Great resource. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and to share leading trends, significant developments, and resources that you'll find helpful in your career and your everyday job. We'll also have guests on the program to help us explore timely topics. Today on the Paralegal Voice, we're going to take a look at the paralegal profession and we're going to ask, is it a woman's world? Or, as one of the producers wrote on the script, is the paralegal profession a pink-collar profession? Or is the employment of male paralegals on the rise in this woman-dominated world? Um, today, we're going to get the male perspective, and I know the last two male readers of my blog are really going to be excited about the show. Our guests today are both from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Carl H. Morrison II, PP, AACP, a certified paralegal at Rhodes Hieronymus, and Zachary W. Brewer, CP, litigation paralegal at Hall Estel. Welcome, Carl and Zach. Thank you. It's great Thank to be you. here. Thanks for having us. I just want to say that Oklahoma is a great state because my husband was born there. Woohoo! <laughs> you <laughs> and so was I. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Carl. Let's start with you. Um, can you briefly tell us about your current job and specialty areas? Certainly, Lynn. Um, I'm a 
senior certified paralegal with the law firm of Rhodes Hieronymus, Jones, Tucker, and Gable uh, here in Tulsa. And um, I've been with them for approximately 17 years. Uh, our firm does mainly insurance defense, and I work mainly in the area of medical. So whether that be medical products, medical malpractice, vaccine litigation, personal injury, etc. Um, if it's a medical record, it's going to come by my desk. How about you, Zach? What's your current job title and your specialty areas? Uh, well, my current title is litigation paralegal, and uh, my specialty area is technically nursing home litigation. Um, we're kind of the same as, as Carl's firm in that we do a lot of insurance defense, and kind of like him, if any case involves a medical record, I'm going to see it. Um, we're also we're a large firm. We have offices in uh, Oklahoma City, Fayetteville, Arkansas, and Washington, D.C., and we do a little bit of everything. Uh, so I've dabbled in some banking stuff, uh, divorces, pretty much anything that the law involves. Uh, I've been able to do it. Well, I really appreciate both of you being with us today, and I've known you both for, for a while. Uh, we interviewed Zach for the professional paralegal. Appreciate your taking the time to do that, Zach. And also, Carl and I have teamed up for a couple of courses. Um, the first one was, uh, we always focus on litigation, of course, because that's his, um, his expertise. And the first one was medical evidence practice, dissecting a med mal case from start to finish. And just a couple of weeks ago, we did from war room to courtroom, which got a lot of attention with that title. So Carl and Zach, it's just great to be working with you again. But my next question for you is, how did you get into the paralegal profession? Did you uh, just land here or was it a plan? Well, um, I got into the paralegal profession actually because of my late mother. She was first uh, legal secretary, and then she went back to school and uh, got her undergraduate in paralegal. And then she ultimately went, went and got her law degree. Um, at the time, I was actually working on my bachelor's degree and was looking for a job, and she referred me to a legal position, legal assistant profession, position, excuse me, at another firm. And I just fell in love with the profession and have been with it for about 20 years now. So needless to say, my passion runs deep in my family and my blood for the law. So that's kind of how I got into it. And Zach? Well, um, my story is not quite as interesting as Carl's. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I could say that uh, I had the drive and determination that his mother did. She sounds like a, an outstanding woman going back to school and uh, going all the way through law school. Actually, I kind of stumbled into being a paralegal. Uh, I was initially a history teacher. I was a history major at the University of Tulsa. I had originally planned on going to law school, but as you know, college is not cheap. So once I got my undergrad, I kind of decided it was time to stop and make a living and pay off some debt. And I just decided that teaching wasn't right. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And I still had this kind of desire to be involved with the law in some way. So I just uh, picked up the phone and called the local community college, which has a, an excellent paralegal program, and said, hey, what do I need to do? Cool. Um, Zach, I did the same thing. I accidentally 
got a legal secretarial job, didn't even know what a paralegal was. And after a couple of months, figured that I better get myself down to the local community paralegal program um, and get a little bit more education because I really enjoyed what I was doing. Um, Carl, let me double check with you, but did you actually attend a formal paralegal education program? Actually, I did not attend a formal paralegal program. My undergraduate is actually, my bachelor's is in pre-medicine. And um, it was about the last semester, two semesters of my undergrad that I was looking for a job and was referred to being, you know, a legal assistant. And so I started taking some legal courses uh, at the university that I was attending. So really most of my knowledge came through hands-on experience and on-the-job type training. And Zach, I'll I'll confirm with you, you actually did graduate from a two-year paralegal community college program, correct? Well, technically, no. Um, What happened is, since I already had a bachelor's degree, uh, according to NALA, which you had mentioned earlier in the program, uh, to be able to sit for the certified paralegal exam, you just need a certain amount of paralegal hours if you already have a bachelor's degree. which I ended up taking close to two years anyway. I took more than was needed because I really liked the classes and enjoyed taking them. Um, and while I was doing that, I was also working as a file clerk at the first firm that I was at. So I was kind of getting the traditional education through the community college and getting on the job training as a file clerk. I was kind of slow at my job because I took the time to read everything that came in. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you that on-the-job training is uh, so valuable, and I I think that you really do need that along with, you know, whatever education you get, you can't beat on-the-job training. Absolutely. Exactly. um, Right. Were there any other males in your paralegal programs that you took, Zach? Well, there were... Three initially, and the last that I knew, two of them had dropped out. So it was me and one other guy that um, actually stuck with the program. I think he was actually doing the two-year associate's degree program. I'm not actually sure if he completed it or not. Right. Well, I know whenever I've taught a paralegal program, there have been, you know, one or two uh, guys in there. Uh, some of them are really interested and some of them are just, you know, passing the time. Of course, that's the same for the females. So, um, thanks for that. And, and Lynn, are you ready to go ahead with, with your pun? Well, I wanted to ask both of you since, um, and, and Carl, I'm not sure if we asked you, um, the paralegal or legal assistant classes you did take at the end of your degree, um, generally how many men were in your classes? You know, looking back, I want to say there was approximately anywhere between like five and ten. There was a handful, but I remember talking with some of them about what they were wanting to do, and I would say 90% of them were going on to law school. They were just taking those classes just as a leg up to get them kind of prepared for law school. I think there was like really only one, maybe two other male students that were going to be paralegals. So yeah, it was it was few that uh, in the way of the male paralegals. So Well, it sounds like both you and Zach have had the experience of being um the minority in a um 
and legal assistant classes. And I'm going to direct this question uh, first to Carl and then get Zach's input. But did you guys ever feel, um, and pardon our pun, like the odd man out in any of your uh, female-dominated paralegal classes? You know, I, me personally, I never felt like the odd man out. Um, you know, I just, when I look at the profession and when I approach it and was approaching it, I never looked at it as kind of the female versus male type of thing. I just looked at it as really we're just equals, you know, and we're all striving to be the best in our profession. So I never thought of it, you know, as being, oh, I'm the only man in this class or, you know, I'm one of a few, you know, I never thought of it that way. How about you, Zach? Well, I'm kind of like Carl. I never really thought about the fact that I was the only or one of the few men in a certain paralegal class. Uh, it was all about what we were there to learn, and, and it really didn't uh, matter to me. Um, I, did, I can say, kind of piggybacking on what Carl said earlier, the guys that were taking those classes, uh, he had mentioned that they were just going through, taking them on their way to law school, uh, just kind of passing through. Uh, the ones that I came up against in my classes, by and large, were going into criminal justice. Uh, they were going to be sheriffs or something like that on the law enforcement arm, and they were just taking some law classes to kind of, you know, get get a, a base for what did they what they needed to know as far as the law and stuff. Well, since both of you are providing the uh, male perspective for our show, which we very much appreciate today, do do you, and, and Zach will go with you first, do you guys think that more men are enrolling in paralegal programs now than when you guys were in school, Zach? Uh, I would definitely say yes, and uh, it really hasn't been that long since I graduated from paralegal school. I would say, when did I graduate? Three years ago, almost four years ago. And even in that short amount of time, I've noticed um, more paralegals when I go to meetings or continuing education. Um, and as a matter of fact, one of the secretaries for an attorney that I work for now, he is going to school to be a paralegal. Uh, the numbers aren't huge yet. It's uh, still definitely female-dominated profession, but I have noticed more and more men involved. Carl, how about you? Do you think more men are enrolling in paralegal programs now than when you were in school? I think I think so. Um, you know, I'm really active in NALS, N-A-L-S, um, another paralegal association out there at the national level. And I've met, going to conferences and stuff, I've met a lot more of male paralegals um, and ones that are coming out of programs and asking them, you know, are there other male students in your programs? And yeah, it seems like, at least to my perception, that there are more males entering um, the profession who want to be, you know, paralegals. And I think as the profession continues to grow and evolve, you know, I think you're going to start seeing more and more uh, males, and especially with career changes. With the state of our economy, I think you're going to start seeing more males coming out of other professions into uh, the legal industry into becoming paralegals. Okay. Now, when you were looking for your first job, did you, um, you know, you were getting some on-the-job training, I think both of you were, as you were going along. Did you have any trouble finding a job? Um, you know, did you have to go to a lot of interviews? Were you unemployed for a while, or how did that work out? What about you, Zach? Well, um, because I came from 
the teaching profession, I actually was unemployed for a while. Uh, the school year ended. I decided uh, I didn't want to teach anymore, and I was going to go to school to be a paralegal. In the meantime, I had to find a job, and it took me almost all summer, uh, but I did find a job as a file clerk at the firm that I previously worked at, and uh, it was the second actual interview that I got. Um, the first one went well. I just didn't get the job. The second one went well, and they called me that same day and gave it to me. So I really didn't have to uh, do a lot of interviews or kill a lot of trees sending out resumes. It just took some time because maybe I was a little bit of a slacker and played too much golf during the summer. But <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it seemed pretty easy for me. What about you, Carl? You know, I, I like Zach. I didn't have that much trouble finding a job. Um, when I interviewed for the position here at Rhodes Hieronymus 17 years ago, um, I was actually interviewed by a female. And I don't think that she was even considering gender. I think she was, you know, and, and Zach, you probably the same thing. It was more of the person that was interviewing was looking for the best qualified, uh, wasn't even, you know, looking at the gender aspect. Right. Now, you know that both of you are in Tulsa, and headquarters for NALS is in Tulsa, and headquarters for NALA is in Tulsa. So it could be, too, that um, the attorneys in Tulsa are more aware of what paralegals do, and, and that may help also, uh, both male and female. I think that's true. There's definitely a, an awareness aspect that goes along with that. Um, I've heard that in other states, Sometimes paralegals are, uh, you tell them you're a paralegal and they're like, what do they do exactly? And uh, Carl, of course, has more experience than me and he can speak for, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. But uh, there was this perception for a long time that paralegals were, was a fancy word for secretary. And I think that may have been why a lot of men have not uh, looked at paralegal uh, as a profession in the past, they, they kind of, under the assumption that it was kind of a secretarial legal assistant kind of thing. Zach, you bring up a great point because that's kind of the, I hate to say it, but stigma that's kind of been with our profession is, you know, 45 years ago. Now, I haven't, I'm not that old. I haven't been in the profession that long, but. Don't um, lie, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, our profession was born out of the legal secretarial role. There was no such thing as a legal assistant paralegal 45 years ago. And so it was a female-dominated industry. And so with that, as the, the job has evolved and, and grown over the years, it's still been a female-dominated. But I think, you know, more of recent, more men are starting to see that it is a rewarding profession. It's not just a... a Sounds bad, but it's not just a clerical role. There are a lot of things that you know we get to do as paralegals that you wouldn't think uh, of doing. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you there, uh, Zach. It's kind of been that you know stigma that it's been female only for so long. Okay, well, I kind of agree with both of you. It's time to take a quick break now. We're going to have a word from our sponsor, NALA, the Association for Paralegals and Legal Assistants. 
Nala means professional. Nala offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And Nala's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. Nala works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why Nala means professional at www.nala.org. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Lynn DeVenny, uh, here with my co-host, Vicki Boyson, and we are talking with Carl Morrison, a certified paralegal at Rhodes Hieronymus out of Oklahoma, and Zachary Brewer, who is also a litigation paralegal at Hall Istel, and that is also in Oklahoma. Okay, I have a quick question for you, um, and let's, uh, Zach, maybe you can answer this one for me. At your current job, are there uh, a lot of male paralegals, or are you one of the only ones? I am the only one. <laughs> there is <laughs> 15 paralegals, and I'm the only male. You okay, rock. Car- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Break that barrier. <laughs> yeah. and, and Carl? Carl, um, what about you? There are uh, three other paralegals beside myself, and there's one other male, so we're split 50-50. I guess. I guess. Well, then I think I'm going to have to direct this question um, just to get some quick, some quick insight from Zach, being one out of 15. Um, are there any challenges with being the only male paralegal in a mostly female-dominated work environment? And I'm sure we could do a whole nother hour podcast about that. Or is it just business as usual for everyone? It's just business as usual. It's never come up in any conversation that I've had or any kind of work that I've done. It's uh, doesn't even matter here, which is definitely a good thing. So, Zach and Carl, as I was doing some research for today's program, I was reading about what's called the glass elevator. And the author of the article indicated that it's easier for male paralegals to get ahead. And I'm wondering if you think that's true. Zach, you want to start? Okay. Um, I would have to say that it probably is true. Um I have no experience with it, but I just think that there's probably still a lot of that, um, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, stigma or, or chauvinism or or whatever it may be that, you know, a man maybe can just get things done. Um, they can be bolder. They can deal with the opposing side, not be a, you know, shrinking violet or whatever. Um, which is absolutely wrong because I've come up against some female paralegals that will put me to shame, and uh, I'm not afraid to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. What about you, Carl? I would have to disagree um, to a point. I agree with that, that, yeah, it might be a little easier, and I think it's also based on locale, environment, Your coastal areas may be, you know, it's not a problem. Uh, Your more conservative, you know, uh, small town, yeah, there might be a little bit of it's easier for a man or male uh, paralegal to, you know, advance than a female. So I I think it's more of a, you know, 
location versus, you know, a wide range type of deal. So I agree, but disagree. <laughs> oh, and, and, ho- and hopefully it's the shrieking problem, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yes. Carl and Zach, we have loved having you on the show today. And I'll be honest, I work in the Deep South, and I don't get to see nearly as many male paralegals as, as I would like to. Um, I am seeing more as compared to maybe one every once in a while, um, 20 years ago. But I want to ask you both briefly. I know we've got some listeners who are thinking about enrolling in paralegal programs who are men. And if you could give them just one simple piece of advice about entering what is currently a female dominated profession, maybe similar to nursing, what would you say? Carl, you first. I would say to those listening, yeah, go for it. If you're, you know, sitting on the fence, do I want to become a male paralegal in a female-dominated industry? Go for it. Um, I think there are, you know, a lot of great opportunities out there. Um, It's a rewarding profession. I absolutely love uh, what I do. I get to use my analytical abilities every day. I get to use my organizational skills every day, you know, uh, dealing with, clients. So it, it, it is an exciting profession. So I truly go for it. Zach? I'll, I'll have to echo Carl. Uh, just do it, you know, uh, just like Nike used to say. Um, it's, it's a great profession. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's challenging and rewarding. And um, don't let anything hold you back. And don't worry about, well, well, that's a female profession because it's not. And it's more than just a job. You know, it is truly, like we've been saying during this whole session, it's a profession. So, Yes, it's a profession, and it's always challenging, as far as I can tell. Exactly. Right, right. Well, Carl and Zach, you've been fabulous guests. We've loved having you on The Paralegal Voice today. If someone wanted to know more about today's topic and wanted to talk to uh, you about that, is there a way that they could get in touch with you? Certainly. Um, I have a uh, profile on LinkedIn.com. You can go to LinkedIn.com forward slash IN forward slash Carl Morrison. Or uh, you can email me directly at cmorrison, that's C-M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N, at R-H-O-D-E-S-O-K-L-A.com. We'll put that in our show notes in case you didn't quite catch that, or you're in your car. (laughs) Absolutely. Please don't ride while you're in your car. (laughs) Yes, please. Pull over. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll just give everybody uh, the website for the firm that I work at. It's hallestel.com, H-A-L-L-E-S-T-I-L-L. And you can just go to people and... um, just, you can search by name, last name, brewer, or by profession, just pull up paralegal, and uh, I'll be the only guy in there. <laughs> and <it has> all- <laughs> we'll feature you on our show notes prominently. <laughs> yes. Um, it has a link to my email, my direct phone line, my LinkedIn account, all on the Hall Lestal website. Well, thank you both very much. I know you're very busy. We appreciate your firms sharing you with us today, and we appreciate you sharing your perspective with our listeners. Um, just you guys were great. Thank you guys for having me, having yeah, both of us. If any of you have questions about today's show, please email them to theparalegalvoice at gmail.com. And we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we'll have some paralegal news and announcements. We'll be right back.
We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. This is the time when Lynn and I give our uh, practice tip and our social media tip. My practice tip today is um, to remind you, I guess I don't have to remind you, we all know this, we're always up against deadlines. All legal professionals have deadlines that they have to meet. And those deadlines are great motivators. They, you know, they get us going. But it's more important to set a time to act to do the work so that you do meet those deadlines. So make a plan for meeting the deadlines. Don't just find yourself the day before saying, oh my goodness, that brief is due tomorrow because it's impossible to do the best job when you're working that way. So Lynn, what about your social media tip? Social media tip is actually more of a networking tip. We, um, as many of you know, I'm a member of the North Carolina Bar Association Paralegal Division, and they just had their annual meeting in March, which um, a very large number of paralegals attended. And then we did uh, one of two job fairs that we hold every year in Cary, and we had over a 100 attendees at that. And I just wanted to use, take 30 seconds to tell you guys some quick yes and no's to attending job fairs, just from my experience uh, last week. Yes to business cards, even if you don't have a job. No to two-page resumes for entry-level paralegals. Yes to dressing like you're going to an interview. No to sloppy, casual things that were in fashion in the 80s. Uh, yes to a LinkedIn profile. I was really surprised by how many people did not have LinkedIn profile. And if your profession, your association has a get together, I actually took LinkedIn photos for several people that did not have pictures. And that's a great thing to offer at an association meeting is, is someone to take uh, LinkedIn profile pictures. Also, uh, if you want to see some of the best dressed people that were within my workstation at the job fair, I did a post earlier this uh, week called Paralegal uh, Student 101, What to Wear to a Job Fair. And that's all I've got today. And in fact, I think that's all. Right. Lynn, I want to interrupt you just one second. And, you know, I always tell people when they're going to a job fair or going to an interview, dress like where you want to go, not where you are now. So don't dress like a student, dress like where you want to be. So um, and I'm sorry, I interrupted you go ahead with the end. Oh, that. That's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. Please don't forget to check out the show notes on our respective blogs, and that's paralegalmentor.com and practicalparalegalism.com. I'm Lynn DeVenny. And I'm Vicki Voison, thanking you all for joining us today and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice with Linda Venny and Vicki Voison. This podcast is produced by the Legal Talk Network. Be sure to get the next edition of the podcast. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.